Hey, Armstrong and Getty here. And the real estate market is about as crazy as it's ever been. I mean, it's just none of the old rules apply anymore. Everything's different. You gotta, you, you need expert advice. And there will be a new set of new rules next week, too, probably. That's why you have to get great real estate representation. Good or bad or mediocre will no longer do. Give Robert Millward a call. Robert's with Intero Real Estate now at 204-9493. Maybe you're thinking about selling. What's your house worth? Get a good solid number instead of a wild guess. Maybe you're not upside down anymore because, as Jack said, the rules are changing. Who can get approved for a short sale? Who can get approved for a mortgage? Call 204-9493, 204-9493. Talk to the only guy I'd use or go to JoeGettysRealtor.com. That's JoeGettysRealtor.com. Have you ever seen Mother Teresa in a bikini? New Testament hot. <laughs> wow. Said one texter. Thanks for that contribution. Probably been struck by lightning already. <laughs> uh, thanks for tuning in the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, glad you're here. There's a lot of stuff to get to. We're going to talk to Mike Rowe during the 8 o'clock hour. He's got a new project that's really pretty interesting. Plus, Mike is always just a fun guy to talk to. And we like him. Uh, let's see. What else do we have coming up of note? A black blues musician with a unique hobby. When he's not jamming, he befriends white supremacists. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, really nice story. And uh, a lot of good stuff to come. Plus more juxtaposing Princess Diana and, and uh, what's her name? Mother Teresa. Mother Teresa. That's right. Mom Teresa, who we used to call her when she was still around. So uh, yesterday we were talking about the nationwide teaching shortage. I think it is all 50 states are reporting uh, teachers a shortage of teachers, in virtually every single discipline. And uh, the uh, esteemed newspaper from which we were quoting had uh, various theories being chucked around, and we came up with the uh, really crazy innovative idea of asking uh, teachers and former teachers, uh, what's the deal, why is this? And they answered in droves. The lazy media, who also always likes higher taxes, um, uh, immediately went with pay. Mm-hmm. as obviously that's it. Right. Well, and, you know, it's funny. If you have any, I think, in, any insight, any wisdom, any experience in real life, you you realize, I mean, here's here's an example. I, I'm going to make it ridiculous so you can understand it. You know, someday when I retire, probably sooner rather than later, I'll get retired like everybody in show business. And this um, line of work, they retire you. I, I, I want to go work at a golf course. I'll be the guy who greets everybody on the first tee and explains a couple of the course peculiarities and uh, fix your divots and good luck. And, and then I'll get to play free in the afternoon something. I'd love that. I'd absolutely love that. I'm going to be the guy who checks your receipt when you walk out at Best Buy. <laughs> we all have our dreams. Um, and I think that would be great. That would be fun, et cetera. It wouldn't pay very much at all. And then they changed the policy. And say, we get to punch you in the face once once a week. You know? Now, I'm going to leave that job. And one of the reasons would be low pay. If they were paying me $5.6 million a year, they could punch me in the face twice a week. <laughs> so it's not just pay. Pay, I can deal with the pay because this is so rewarding. Mm-hmm. 
if it becomes so much less rewarding, then maybe the pay is is the a reason that is cited. But that's not what's changed. Anyway. Sure. I was talking to both my kids' teachers last night because it was back-to-school night. It's clearly a vocation for both my kids' teachers. I mean, it's obvious from talking to them. It's something that you're like, it's your life. It's what you are. It's what you do. It's what you like to do. It makes your soul happy. Not a lot of jobs are like that. Okay, so we asked the question, what's going on? Why is there a shortage of teachers? And I am just going to go from point to point to point. Um, Feel free to jump in any time, Jack. And everybody's going to remain anonymous. It was amazing how seriously concerned people were that their identities not be revealed. And virtually nothing uh, that was said, uh, there was virtually nothing that was said that I would not describe as fair criticism and the sort of thing that ought to be discussed. But they fear? They fear serious repercussions if they bring up something that is fair criticism and ought to be discussed, which tells you something about the teaching profession right there. Uh, Let's see. uh, The union we must join, $120 a month union, means I have no, no options for advancement. All I can do is show up next year to get my little raise, which is being eaten up by my benefits. Increasingly disrespectful students backed up by demanding parents. An administration that constantly increases the load we must carry, very little of it actually supporting teaching goals. Yeah. Bad teachers that are impossible to get rid of, so we're stuck with coworkers who are unpleasant, difficult, awful to work with. Um, and tiny budgets to serve the needs of students. I personally spend hundreds of dollars a year of my own money to make sure my students and I have what we need to do the job. Um, and as you'll quickly realize, that is not a unique uh, complaint. Uh, I've been teaching for just under 20 years. Last few years, I've considered leaving the profession because I'm worn out by how hard school districts work to spin the facts. Uh, I have run into this in the uh, 25 years or so I've spent um, raising and helping kids learn. The focus is on perception rather than reality, and it's wearing me out. The higher up the bureaucratic ladder one goes, the more removed one becomes from the realities of life in the classroom. It doesn't matter if kids are learning. It doesn't matter if kids are behaving. It doesn't matter what is actually happening in the classrooms. What matters is how the district can spin the data to appease the public. This drives all decisions with regard to supporting classroom teachers. The public regularly believes the statistics presented by district officials, as do school board members, by the way, whether it be graduation stats, test scores, or suspension rates. If the districts can find a way to make it sound like a high number of students graduate college ready, who cares if they're actually prepared for a future as a productive member of society? Okay. Uh, From a family of teachers, been teaching 29 years. Uh, Most of the time, I love my job. Uh, Here are the things that have become intolerable in the last few years. The children are increasingly rude, sometimes violent, and we are not allowed to discipline them in any way. The principal brags that he hasn't suspended any students. He looks good while we suffer. The district closely watches the number of suspensions of certain minority groups. There are quotas. This was a big deal. Started a few years back. Uh, Somebody did a study that found that black students, black boys in particular, were being suspended at higher rates than, than white kids. And that was deemed a scandal. And students uh, or, or school districts Clearly were, were threatened with horrific, crippling lawsuits if they didn't change that. So the change is we just can't suspend disruptive students anymore. The parents bring lawsuits. If a parent brings a lawsuit, the district caves immediately. Social media groups vent about teachers. New snowflake teachers turn in old teachers like me for not towing the new line. Oh, boy. I worry about that, uh... 
because I, I I know some teachers that have been around for a while and they don't exactly uh, follow all the rules because they don't like all the new rules. Right. But I can see how the new people come along and uh, they're sticklers for the new rules. Right. The textbooks are increasingly just propaganda for progressives. I secretly teach around this. Um, blah, 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 blah. This person listens to the podcasts while he or she corrects papers and keeps the door shut so no one can hear them hear them listening to our show. That's a nice environment. <clears throat> wow, our our plucky little libertarian attempting to be honest show is too dangerous. That's a nice to en- to. environment where if you got heard listening to the wrong talk radio show, it could damage your career. Or maybe it's the potty talk. Could be. No, it's not that. Start. Okay, here's a description. It's a California teacher who's talking about an. uh, uh, It's this program, um, BTSA. It's the uh, Beginning Teacher Support and Assessment Program. It's a two-year program to help you not wash out of the business, to help you deal with the challenges, et cetera, et cetera. But in their view, it's been gutted, and it's a, a requirement, and adds to. Um, the stresses, et cetera, et cetera. You've got to do it, even though at this point it's dumb. Well, and here's another interesting part. You've got to finish this two-year program within your first five years of teaching or you're heaved as a teacher. The California Teachers, um, California Commission on Teacher Credentialing is reporting that only 8% of teachers are leaving the teaching pro- profession It's a lie. It's 8% of people who have completely finished this program, but many, many, many more teachers, about half of them bail before finishing the program because they say, this is insane, this is untenable, I'm not going to do this for a living. So the the state of California is lying about the number of teachers who leave the profession based on this phony requirement. You're not considered a full teacher if you don't finish, you know, this little program. Um. That the, I could tell some horrific stories about dealing with um, some families, broken families, classrooms full of anchor babies, children who've survived sexual, emotional, and physical abuse, parents teaching my, te- I'm sorry, treating my classroom like daycare, using a third of my paycheck each month to buy supplies for the classroom, administrators so afraid of litigation that they're unable to support their staff and make real change in our students' lives. Um... Okay. I remember yesterday when I was reading texts, we got a lot of texts talking about the, the, the amount of paperwork because of all the regulations that you have to fill out per student now. Yeah, it, it, we're actually, we're getting to that. Um, that comes up prominently in a couple of minutes. Uh, here's a husband and wife who are teachers. Uh, we've encouraged our daughter not to join the teaching profession, uh, and uh, she's flat out told us oh, she sees the lack of respect we receive from our district, says flat out she would never become a teacher. Our district has instituted a policy that no child K through 2 can be suspended for willful disobedience. Every school district in California is under the microscope because we are spending, suspending, quote, too many students. So our district is pushing for a more positive behavior policy, et cetera, et cetera. As classroom teachers, we're not allowed to remove a student from our classroom because of his or her behavior because we are then denying that student, quote, access to the curriculum. Now, no one seems to worry about the access to the curriculum that the other 23 or 30 students in the classroom have lost because the teacher's time is being consumed by the behavioral demands of one student. I have experienced that already, uh, luckily on minor levels, not on a major level, but I've already experienced that. The 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 emphasis is on the disruptive student and trying to make sure they get everything they want and nobody seems to give a crap about the other 20 people or whatever that are in the room that are right. now 
just sitting there yeah. while they deal with that kid. If you ever want to read an interesting book on this topic, well, it's kind of a, a tangential topic, but under dogma, how uh, in America we have become completely oriented toward the uh, the victim or the most unfortunate among us, which is certainly a lovely impulse, um, but this assumption that their needs must go before everybody else's needs, even if it's 29 to 1, um, and, and you're there to educate children. It's an interesting read, as I said. Uh, social media, a group of parents from my school have, have a Facebook page. A year ago, a parent went on a rant about one of our first grade teachers. Then other parents chimed in on Facebook and made suggestions such as, key her car. Oh, my God. Parents have become so entitled and they have no respect for the teaching profession. Parents are so concerned that teachers are going to hurt their child's feelings or crush their spirit. Students do not know how to work hard. They're coddled at home and not expected to be respectful or responsible. Social media has led to the feeling that it's okay to behave badly in public. Do you want um, to take a break before we hit this next group of yeah, sure. uh, uh, the 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 idea that you got all these I didn't know this but apparently there's a lot of paperwork you have to keep on each student that is uh, sort of thing it didn't happen years ago. Yeah, as like I said I have a really good description of that coming up. Um and it's it's well, if you are in a job where you have to do paperwork, I don't care if you're a cop or a salesperson or whatever. Imagine that amount of sale uh, of paperwork being quadrupled. Oof. And how much you'd enjoy your gig compared to five years ago. This is a problem for everybody. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Kermit the Frog here, and today is one of the biggest holidays in the swamp. And in honor of this wonderful occasion, I will now perform for you the traditional amphibian summer dance. That is the old Kermit the Frog voice. That guy die or get arrested or what happened to him? It doesn't matter. Uh, he got fired for being difficult or something. After like three decades of doing the voice. So that's right. been the voice everybody's childhood. Here's the new Kermit voice. Dreams are how we figure out where we want to go. Life is how we get there. I'm headed this way. I actually like the new Kermit voice better. Well, he sounds more like Jim Henson. Mm. That's I mean, true, yeah. Because Jim Henson was the original uh, Kermit, wasn't he? Yeah, yes. He, he croaked a long time ago, right? Well, yeah, let's, uh, oh. Oh, let's, you know, oh, I didn't you mean know, it's a frog it's a, joke. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's a pun. failed on every level to me. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't appreciate it. That's Good hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, right. Anyway, so, yeah. Kermit the Frog. Speaking of kids and learning. Seek help, Kermit. You're in an abusive relationship. (laughs) There are places where you can get help. Yeah, Miss Piggy is just beats him regularly. She has an anger issue and apparently a black belt because she just karate chops that poor frog all over the place. Well, listen, and not to get, uh, you know, overly descriptive, but imagine the the difficulty sexually of a frog coupling with a hog. I mean, it's just, I mean. They rhyme. Because it's part of any healthy relationship, all right? They do rhyme, Vince. Thank you. <laughs> where where were we? Ah, uh, yes. Why there is a shortage of teachers nationwide? <clears throat> we're building to a theme. Have we built to a theme? I don't know if we have a theme. I'm just I'm okay. looking. I'm just sorting through the evidence, Jack. Gotcha. I learned when I uh, when I did a uh, ride along with a complete murder investigation a number of years ago. I would like to do that again um, because it was so incredibly interesting. The one thing that the layman does probably. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, the common man, the non-professional does, uh, after, you know, reading murder mysteries, watching TV, et cetera, et cetera, your focus is always on who did it, who did it, who Absolutely. did it. Absolutely. Each and, piece of evidence, I say, aha, 
I'll bet it's the brother. Right. Right. And and whereas a professional homicide investigator works very hard not to do that because that would prejudice your taking in of the rest of the evidence. And so, uh, you know, anyway. Or he's just not as bright as me who sees the evidence and says, aha, it was you. That might be it. So anyway, we're sorting through the evidence of why there's a nationwide teacher shortage in virtually virtually every uh, subject. And the the. The uh, undersupply has uh, skyrocketed in the last several years. Why is that, is our question. If you're just tuning in, well, what the hell? You're going to hear some of the stuff you would have heard earlier. And also some new stuff. Now I'll stop talking about that and talk about this. Uh, No child left behind. Great concept, but impractical. The powers that be seem to think that education is like manufacturing. If we all do the same thing the same way, then everyone will learn. Well, children aren't cars. Even though I've been teaching for over 30 years, every year is a new experience. Each class is a unique group of personalities, abilities, strengths, and weaknesses. What might work with one class may not work with another class. Certainly Uh, it differs from kid to kid, obviously. But uh, it is even class to class. I've heard that before. Right. Um, out of 24 students this year, I have two second language students. English is second language. My test scores, etc., will be compared against a second grade class with 24 students that has 20 English as a second language that, students. That makes perfectly good sense. Am I a better teacher because my students score better on assessments? No. How can a teacher with 20 second language students make the same kind of progress as a, a school with two? God, and what's the, what the other two kids that English is their first language? Oh my God! They're what are, what are they getting out of that class? They will that is substantially so sad. lose a year of their education. That is so freaking sad. Uh, let's see. Part of the reason comes from the stress. Is a different teacher of working with students who are disrespectful to adults and each other. Plus, teachers are now expected to teach social skills, emotional health, coping mechanisms, and content all at the same time. It's not how school was for some of us back when we were growing up. So the honeymoon can fade quickly. I was I was surprised. Um, you know, now that I'm getting further into the grades. How much your stuff on the boards and talked about it is about coping, coping skills and uh, and conflict resolution and everything like that. Yeah, and, and uh, we had zero of that when I was a kid. You know, and, and things seemed to work out. So I, but I'm not probably because st- you had it at home. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Well, let's listen. We, and or, we've discussed or this. There, there's also the. Bad kids got kicked out. Right. So you know that ended that conflict. Right. Period. Yeah. Um, and I was that kid. Uh, more than once, and I deserved it, and I'm white. Anyway, um, oh, as we mentioned many times, the crumbling of the American family, whether it's rise in divorce rates, which actually leveled off a number of years ago, but um, uh, just the change in the American family, the way it's structured, the way, it, you know, the standards of behavior, et cetera, et cetera, it's going to bear fruit. Every sociological change causes effects. And it, it's crazy not to think that the crumbling of the family, particularly in, in minority communities, the kids born out of wedlock, that rate skyrocketing among every demographic group, but particularly minority groups. Um, it's insane to think that would not have serious after effects. And it is. And, and we're hearing about some of them and now. Then, and then you time that with the extra litigious nature of uh, the world today, where you can get sued for anything and you got a recipe for trouble. Right. Right. Yeah, that's an excellent point. And, and, oh, you know, it's funny. I meant to make the point going into this segment. So much of this boils down to fear of litigation. Oh, almost everything. Liability. Almost and, everything. And, and so many of you hear about tort reform or something like that, and, and then some uh, slick lawyer gets up and says, well, so, so you want people injured by 
poisonous uh, products and not to be able to to get what's coming to them? Please. Oh, my God. We need tort reform desperately in this country. Desperately. Uh, okay, moving along. Here's a teacher who's uh, who, when they started, their uh, health benefits were included in their pay. Now it's $800 a month. And again, as a teacher, it's difficult to increase your uh, your salary. P- uh, here you go. <clears throat> this is what Jack has been looking for. Paperwork, paperwork, paperwork. Documentation, assessment, paperwork, paperwork. In the last six to eight years, I've seen a major increase in the amount of documentation required per student that I truly believe no one actually reviews. Oh, I guarantee you. We have a ton of records to keep. And then goes into an exhaustive list of behavior documentation and all the detail within that, that paragraph alone would exhaust you from teaching. But wait, there's the assessment to put a second grader through hours of state testing in one week is ridiculous, not meaningful, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, then they go into some of the other paperwork. Um, my current district doesn't provide a curriculum, so I have to purchase a lot of my own materials to use. The site TeachersPayTeachers.com has taken a chunk of money out of my family budget because it's easier to buy someone else's plans than to take the time to create my own. This is unbelievable. You have to create all your own lesson plans and all. Hmm. But my first year in Colorado, I spent more than $600 on that site alone. Uh, the, I've tracked about three to $4,000 per year of my own money on teaching materials. The uh, paperwork would be enough to keep me out of the business. I don't know how many people yeah. are like me that just, if I have to do a bunch of what I think is mindless paperwork, I'm out. There's probably a chunk of people like that. And then uh, teaching we, we'll, a kid to teaching a kid to read or do math, do, do it all day long. Doesn't have to pay that much. Filling out a bunch of mindless paperwork, nah, not gonna do it. Here's another California teacher um, who wants to talk about Assembly Bill 167, which has to do with uh, graduation requirements, et cetera, et cetera. If you take the time to look at it, you'll find that rather than requiring 230 or 250, 270 credits to graduate, it provides for students to graduate with only 130 credits. The original concept was well-intended, but as the saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I've had students graduate that were not able to read their diploma. I'm not kidding. However, our graduation rates are soaring. Yay us! Also, suspension and expulsion rates are plummeting. Yay us! The fact that misconduct such as cussing out our school staff were formerly suspendable offenses and are now permitted in the state education code is beyond beside the point. Just as California voters in the legislature have decriminalized crime, social justice, restorative justice, and other progressive programs are well-meaning, but destroying my students' chances of succeeding in school and life. Luckily, the people that pass and implement the packages and legislation are able to pat themselves on the back and congratulate each other on how superior they are to the rest of society. Boy, and then on the other end of uh, schooling, half of kids are straight A students, or whatever we learned last week. Or half of all grades are A's. Yeah, yeah. yeah which wow. uh, so yeah. So on either end, you got the kids that can't read a dang, can't read their own diploma, which is amazing, and then you got straight A students, right. and whatever that means. Right. Wow, that is something. Both my kids' teachers seem fantastic. I know one is because we've had her before. I'm happy for that. Uh, what's coming up your news, Marshall? Well, the Wells Fargo sales scandal expands dramatically. The Pentagon's coming clean on just how many U.S. troops are actually in Afghanistan, and scientists are using selfies to detect cancer. Stories coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. Well, and the truth is that the good teachers are filtering away from the tougher districts because... It is so difficult to do their jobs there. I've talked to teachers I've who, in, who are in like better funded and 
districts where the kids behave and said, what if they offered you more money? They say, no friggin' way. No way I'm going in there. So yeah. nobody wants to talk about that. Change the requirements instead. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. I can't believe there's another layer to the Wells Fargo criminal enterprise banking system. Stop it. There can't be. Let's get another one. Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Wells Fargo fake account scandal is growing with the bank now saying three and a half million accounts were opened without customers okay. That's a dramatic increase from the two million accounts it originally estimated. Well, two million is astounding. You mean... (laughs) Three and a half million fake accounts. You have to have a lot of people knowing they're doing something wrong. Well, if you had 100,000 people doing it, they'd have to do it a lot. Right. Right. Dozens of times. And all their, uh, you know, managers and then the manager of that person and the manager of that person all knew they're running a criminal enterprise. The additional fake accounts were discovered by a previously announced independent analysis that went back an additional two years to January of 2009 and then reviewed the original May 2011 to mid-2015 period. That's how they turned up those extra accounts. How many people have been fired from Wells Fargo total? Oh, they let a number of people go. Well, you remember they fired a lot of the low-level people at first. Right. And said, we can't believe what these people have been doing. And separately, Wells has also found half a million customers got signed up for online bill paying when they didn't ask for it. Half a million people involved in that one. So uh, I wonder what this does to Wells Fargo going forward. I I can't imagine. um, I don't want to get sued, but I can't imagine if you're if you're thinking of changing banks, who would choose Wells Fargo at this point? I guess you just hadn't heard this based on the news. And for decades to come, because there's lots of banks out there that are more or less the same. So why would you ever choose them? I I, got to believe it's devastated their business. I like the horse in the wagon. (laughs) The Pentagon finally acknowledging the actual number of U.S. troops in Afghanistan. Defense Department officials saying there are really about 11,000 American forces there, 2,600 more than the 8,400 allowed under the Obama administration's troop cap. Now, was it that way before Trump or just since Trump or who was who was misleading us? It is still going on. Commanders that have artificially kept the public count low by shuffling troops in and out, calling gotcha. many of them temporary and using wow. other personnel accounting tricks. Because they, it's just a number of digits. They realize eight sounds a lot more, less than 11, like a, more than the three <laughs> right. in Yeah, question. but how reminiscent is it of what we were talking about with the teachers? How all you need is a good result to spin to the public. And no matter how you get there, lies, deception, ridiculous accounting tricks, you know, as long as you can spin that number. With 3,900 more forces coming into Afghanistan in the next few months, the U.S. will have about 15,000 troops there. A sheriff's deputy was killed in a shootout with a suspect from the Bay Area at a Sacramento, California motel Wednesday that also left two California Highway Patrol officers injured. The deputy identified as Robert French. He was a 21-year veteran with the department. It all happened during an investigation into a car theft ring that was suspected of being run out of a Ramada Inn. Officers knocked on the motel uh, room door. Gunman opens fire through the door, hits the two CHP officers. Police say he then went out to the balcony and shot at sheriff's deputies at the rear of the hotel. 
took off in a car, crashed a few blocks later, and was wounded in a shootout with officers. Oh, man. Absolutely tragic. Yeah. He and two others are under arrest. Meanwhile, scientists are working on a new app that looks for signs of cancer by using selfies. Researchers at the University of Washington developing the app that can detect early signs of pancreatic cancer by analyzing the whites in a person's eyes. Wow. An early clinical study found the app correctly identified cases for concern about 90% of the time. Okay, all right, here we go. Let's force thousands of people to look into their rearview mirrors. Marshall, what should I be looking for in the whites of my eyes? You should probably be looking for signs of pancreatic cancer. Well, no. What are the signs? Do you know? Is I, it in the it's story? It's not in the story. No. Right. So little I blue lines or little red right. lines? Or? Are you slightly yellowy or what? I don't know. Uh, perhaps red. Although, there have been a number of times in the morning I woke up and there was a lot of red in Blood my Bloodshot sign of the ill-advised yes. last cocktail. Indeed. <laughs> That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, the voice of the West. I hold in my hands, fresh off the presses, a yes. brand new sex survey. Everybody likes a good sex I'm, survey, right? I'm in favor of it. Is that what they were asking? Most Americans want to have more sex. I can break that down by ages, yes. married, not married, etc., etc. What was that? Yes. Was that Arnold Schwarzenegger? Yes. 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 Gotcha. So As I recall, uh, Arnold has several opinions on the topic that we make here. Yeah. <laughs> we have celebrity Mike Rowe coming up at 8.04. He's out there uh, trying to make the world a better place. Which is a cool celebrity f- micro. What, what's that wrong? What you just said. What's wrong with that? Oh, he's out there trying to make the world a better place, which is a good gig. Here, here. Yeah. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. This sex survey deserves more time than I've got. It's kind of interesting, but mm. I can hit you with some of the highlights. You know what amuses me, I realized? Mm. When children use adult-like expressions. <laughs> For some reason, I find that hilarious. Certainly. My uh, five-year-old, for instance, will say something like, I need a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and make it snappy. <laughs> and I find that hilarious. It is. And make it snappy. It's very funny. <laughs> Or if my seven-year-old is hot like he was yesterday and I get him some water and he says, ah, that's the ticket. I don't know why. <laughs> Very nice. Why Why is that funny? Uh, why del- is little it delights kids... you that they are learning the colloquialisms of our culture. And make it snappy. May, of our culture in the 30s. Yes. <laughs> I think that's from... The culture of Bugs Bunny. Yeah, I think it's from Looney Tunes. Yeah. And make it snappy. A positive influence for generations. Boy, they've gotten into uh, lately the classic Scooby-Doo's. From the 60s. Ah, yeah. And really loving it. Yeah. Well, it's good stuff. They're liking everything about it. Yeah. Um, Mike, Celebrity Mike Rowe coming up at 804. Stop calling him that. What do you want me to call him? It's not that. What is, what is he? He's like a Kardashian at this point. He's Mike Rowe. He's just celebrity. <laughs> he's not a celebrity? That gives him his power to do good things. Luckily, he's doing good things in the world, which we will talk about coming up with Celebrity Mike Rowe. Um, most Americans want to have more sex. So you got this sex survey. There's, there's a bunch of different interesting things. But do stuff they want to have it with me? Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> Honey, I kid. I kid. Uh, 14% of the public 
has sex a few times a week. Uh, Same amount, 14%, says it happens a few times a month. 4% of Americans have sex every day. Wow. Every day. Enjoy. That's actually... One out of 25. You work with 25 people, one of them's getting it every ding-dong day. Think about it. I don't actually want to have sex every day. I think that would get in the way of other pursuits. Sure. Every day. Of course, you have two little chillins. Eh, even so without kids, I think every day is too often for me. Yeah. Eh, you got to work it in. <laughs> it's like exercise. You have to be disciplined. Um, when asked how much they want to have, Americans still say a few times a week would be ideal. That's the plurality. 26% say a few times a week would be ideal. So I would sign up. Yeah, a few times a week would be perfect for me. Um. 18% of men say they would like it every day. So it's only 18% of men say How they would like it every day. While 9% of women want it every day. Whore! <laughs> Not that we're judging. <laughs> wow, nice. Too bad nice. Sean wasn't here to hear that. You were born 150 years too late. You'd have made an excellent Victorian. This is kind of interesting. 40% of married people think single people are having all the sex. of single people think married people are having all the sex. Same percentage. Mm. Think the other group is having other sex. All all studies have shown this to be true. Married people in general have more sex than single people. Yeah, but these statistics are, are, they're about as useful as the average net worth in a bar that Bill Gates is sitting in. I mean, because you have single people. If Bill Gates walks into a bar. Right. The average net worth is. $40 $40 billion. Right, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, Which doesn't tell you anything. No, it, that it is, is a, not useful data. <laughs> that, that is a perfect example of a completely useless statistic. It's true on every level and worthless. So you have uh, one person who, who, God love them, is just not, uh, just their life, their, et cetera, they're just not getting physical love. And then you got another person, once in a while they get a little lucky, then you get uh, another guy who's a Lothario, whatever, he's... He's, uh, you know, concepts he lives for, and he's getting lots and lots of it. So on average, they have sex once a week between the three of them. That is worse than useless. We don't think using a big number of people for a survey gets you closer to uh, something worthwhile? I mean, yes. The- oh, I do. I do. I'm not saying that the survey is completely worthless, but, you know, I hear single people actually have, and I think, hmm, yeah, I guess. 75% of married respondents have sex at least once a month compared to only... A third of single people uh, having sex at least once a month. So it's mm. 75% versus a third for having sex at least once a month. Married versus single. We win. We win. What are we winning? Sex. Oh, yes. Sex. Sex is a good prize. <laughs> sex is a great prize. That's a great prize. Are you kidding? Register here. How long do I have to keep my hand on the burner? <laughs> or just register here. We'll draw names. Winner has sex. Right. Nice. Where do I sign up? I might play the lottery if that were the prize. <laughs> for a dollar? Eh, why not? Uh, what else can I tell What's you? It's the scratch back and scratcher. Uh, huh? Do you, do you want to know about numbers of positions? Or is that, yes. too, is that too much? <laughs> Shut up, Arnold. <laughs> do, does Arnold have any other tips for uh, Arnold ben maintaining the, the uh, joint relationship? Make it exciting. Make it spicy. Yes. Yes. Do you want to hear this? If you I have was off the mid. Don't hesitate, because they, they want it. <laughs> Stop it! 28% of Americans have sex in two positions per sexual encounter. Oh, uh, I see. The old switcheroo. 
<laughs> Call in a reliever. Is that what you That's say? That's like you... when you go out on a date and you meet someplace for appetizers and you go, hey, I got this great Thai place for the entree. It makes it seem like it's more. That's right. So what? is that what you say to your wife? <laughs> Are you ready for the old switcheroo? That's right. <laughs> I'm for the old switcheroo. Uh, so 28% have sex in two positions per encounter, and 19% say they'll change it up at least three times. Hmm. I'm comfortable. You're comfortable. Just, I'm now com- we're just showing off. I'm co- <laughs> no. look, look, play your guitar the regular way, then play it behind your head. Playing it with your teeth is excessive. I mean, now you're just showing off. Or what am I, a gymnast? Exactly. Just say that to someone. What am I? A pretzel? Um, Amer- I only live my life in two positions, standing in prone. <laughs> <laughs> Americans with children under 18 are more likely to partake in more than two than those without kids. Really? I, I bet it's because you're having sex less often, so you're making a bigger deal out of it. it and I think be. I think the guy drives, well, the guys drive 90% of everything regarding sex, right? I don't know. I think that's true. Um, Americans early on in a relationship are also most likely to have sex in at least three, but okay. I don't know. For some reason, this is making me uncomfortable. The longer a relationship... That's because you have some couth. The longer a relationship lasts, the fewer number of uh, switcheroos that are likely. I'm sorry to hear that. That's a time to heed Arnold's advice. How crucial Keep is... It spicy. How crucial is sex to a happy relationship? Maybe we'll get into that later in the show. Because next we have Celebrity Micro. Stop it. We'll ask Micro how crucial it is. Uh, I'm not doing that. That's that's it's a way of, of of grafting him into the show comfortably. No, that's not. No, no, no. Now you have some restraint. Okay. Yes, I do. The Great. old. You ready for the old switcheroo? <laughs> From this to the fabulous Mike Rowe on the Armstrong and Getty Show.